You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman. Happy New Year. I am with Jen Langosh, who covers the Cardinals for MLB.com. Jen, we are in full force now in 2019. I know you were busy over the break. You had lots of great family time. Do you have a good New Year's? We did. It was Audrey's first Christmas and first New Year's. Now, as new parents, Danny, um, we did not exactly make it up till midnight, uh, but we celebrated <laughs> at like 8 p.m. It was wonderful. Had a nice trip to New Orleans for my sister's wedding, so that was very fun for our family. But uh, now it's back to hot stove season. Yeah, you guys were busy. The Cardinals were a little busy. You and I didn't get to talk about the Andrew Miller deal. Uh, Two years, and I kind of want to break it down into two parts. You wrote about this on MLB.com. So let's just start with the very, I think, obvious question is going to be his role. Uh, Because he was a guy, Jen, who changed, I think, the definition of um, a bullpen arm in 2016 during the World Series when he was with the Indians. He he did a lot of really um, kind of... I want to say new age, it's not new age, but he did things, he broke some boundaries, I think, for the reliever role. So where do you expect him to slot in? Yeah, and I'm not evading your question here, Danny, but it's really TBD. And (laughs) it's by design. You know, the Cardinals uh, won't hesitate to use Andrew Miller as their closer if it sets up best, but they're also um, not going to be shy from deploying him earlier in games. As you noted, Andrew Miller has been very flexible as far as his usage in recent years. And, you know, if there's a big situation in their seventh or eighth inning where the Cardinals need their lefty reliever to get a left-handed hitter out, that will be Andrew Miller. So um, the luxury for St. Louis is, of course, they still have this young flamethrower named Jordan Hicks. So I think he's <laughs> factor into the back of the bullpen. Andrew Miller is as well. But uh, the one thing they're they're doing by keeping the flexibility is they're going to have now a good lefty out of the bullpen that can come in at any point in the game to neutralize some of the best left-handed hitters they're going to face. And that's pretty exciting, I think, because we had been talking about who's going to be the closer. It's not going to be Jordan Hicks. Who are they going to go get? And I think I feel like Andrew Miller is a nice fit. And Andrew Miller is also excited to be a part of the Cardinals organization. He said, you know, when they call, you pay attention. Uh, you you pick up that call on the first ring sort of thing. Um, but the, the second part of the Andrew Miller um, you know, deal is, is learning more about his health. And it sounds like you, you wrote about that the Cardinals feel um, satisfied was the word with where he's at. So can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, it's interesting that Andrew Miller was actually treated by Dr. George Paletta previously. Dr. George Paletta just so happens to be the Cardinals head physician. So um, as far as having good medical information, the Cardinals were very comfortable in what Paletta reported back to the organization, as well as the medicals they received um, from Andrew Miller and his camp during the negotiation process. I mean, this is going to be a question, right? I mean, he is coming off season that he's had it many, many years. Um, You know, the problematic knee injury last year kept him off the field at some points. But uh, this for the Cardinals is what they saw as a low risk, high reward type deal. It's a two year deal. Um, It, of course, has a vesting option for 2021 as well. But if Andrew Miller can be healthy and be anything like what he was from about 2012 to 2017, um, this could be a steal for the St. Louis Cardinals. And, you know, if he does deal with some injuries here and there, the Cardinals feel that by only committing to two years, um, 
Um, they didn't necessarily put themselves in position that they can't pivot and go find answers somewhere else. Right. And also just looking at the veteran factor, you know, letting Jordan Hicks learn from a guy like that is is a huge deal as well. And maybe helping him mold into whatever the Cardinals need him to be, um, I think, is a huge asset from that standpoint. Jen, when we talk about the rotation, the, the wider starting rotation, uh, there's a couple of different things to look at. And you address these in your reporter's inbox. So let's let's talk about number one. Uh, when it comes to the starting rotation, uh, who, do you, who do you expect to be the givens? And then specifically, where does Adam Wainwright fall into that? Yeah, good question, Danny. So we'll start with Miles Michaelis, who I think is going to be your opening day starter for the St. Louis Cardinals, deservedly so, a guy who uh, received votes for the Cy Young Award this year. Um, he'll be in that rotation, and I think you can also slot in Jack Flaherty, who had a breakout season as a rookie last year, Michael Walker, who will be healthy after that oblique injury, uh, sidelined him for the second half of the season, and Carlos Martinez, who the Cardinals are ready to move back into the rotation after his stint in the bullpen. So uh, if we're doing a little counting, here that's four of your five starters Adam Wainwright is going to come into spring training for the opportunity to earn his spot back in the rotation as well uh, that being said there's gonna be a lot of competition around him Danny I mean the Cardinals have you know several guys coming back who played a big role last year guys like John Gant Dakota Hudson Daniel Ponce de Leon Austin Gomber and then a top prospect by the name of Alex Reyes who you know don't <laughs> him even though we've only seen him pitch four innings in the last two years he will be back from his most recent surgery which was to his shoulder so you know if Adam Wainwright isn't ready for the rotation or if the Cardinals feel like his better fit may be in the bullpen they are going to have plenty of other options the the kind of the the other element to this of course is with all those options the Cardinals are going to find some of those young pitchers I think sliding into bullpen roles so while there may not be starting opportunities for pitchers who have come up through the system as starters that depth should only make the Cardinals bullpen better as well. Okay, and let's talk about Miles Michaelis. Let's dig a little bit further. So, Jen, I feel like he's been more than just a great story, but such a huge asset to this rotation. He signed for only two seasons coming out of Japan, but Stephen, uh, from your reporter's inbox, and I, I want to know this question too, Jen, uh, wants to know if St. Louis – could be interested in signing him to a long-term contract this offseason. Yes, very much so. And I, you know, I'm not sure that this is something the Cardinals will get finished this offseason, but it, it really screams to me as a deal that they'll make during spring training. Now, if you kind of forecast where the Cardinals will be at the end of the 2019 season, they're gonna have a lot of contractual decisions to make. You know, Miles Michaelis, Michael Walker, Paul Goldschmidt, Marcelo Zuna, Adam Wainwright will all be free agents. I would imagine the Cardinals want to take some of that uncertainty away and signing mm -hmm. Michaelis to an extent here either in the offseason spring training or during the season would at least allow them to know that he will not be departing after the season so this is an organization who has which historically has kind of identified the player that they want to sign to an extension and almost annually in spring training Danny we have a press conference to cover you know <laughs> since it was for Paul DeYoung you know we saw it in the That's past right. Carpenter. We've seen it with Alan Craig um, over and over again. So I do think Miles Michaelis is that candidate. He loves the organization. He makes his home in Jupiter. So the, the fact that he can have spring training uh, right down the road from his house is, is a real benefit to him. And it seems like he is a guy that, you know, based on all the numbers from last year, I don't think it was a fluke. I mean, I think this is a pitcher who really figured things out in Japan and will be an asset in a rotation for years to come. Right. And Mike Maddox, of course, also doesn't doesn't hurt the situation having him there with Miles Michaelis. All right, Jen, last uh, last reporter's inbox question from my friend Kurt here. 
who wanted to know about Tyler O'Neill. So Tyler O'Neill was the minor league player of the year. But Jen, that doesn't necessarily mean he, he's going to earn consistent starting time because Kurt wants to know if he's going to be an everyday player. Not right away is the easiest answer. Now, you know, I'm not going to put a ceiling on what Tyler O'Neill can be for the long term. But as you look at the depth chart right now, the Cardinals still have Jose Martinez as a right field option. And of course, they have Dexter Fowler, who they you know intend to start um, on opening day in right field if all goes according to plan. So, you know, Tyler O'Neill is an important piece, though. He is a guy who, um, while on the roster, can play all three outfield spots. So I think you're going to see him get opportunities in left, right and center. The biggest question for me, you know, while Tyler O'Neill brings kind of an above average defensive ability um, and he's very much like Randall Gritchick in that, you know, you'll see the scary exit velocity and barrel numbers, you know, those StatCast fans out there. But he strikes out a lot. And you look at the first taste in the major leagues, he struck out in 40% of his plate appearances. If he wants to be an everyday player, that number is going to have to come down. He's going to have to be a little more patient at the plate, draw more walks, push that on-base percentage up. If he can kind of show the ability to do that, certainly I think Tyler O'Neill can earn more playing time. But as far as starting out the year, he'll, he'll do so coming off the bench. All right. So that answers that, my friend, Kurt. And Jen, also some housekeeping. So Carson Kelly, obviously off in Arizona. So the Cardinals needed someone. Yachty probably would say otherwise, but they needed someone to back him up. So Francisco Pena is back on board to be um, Yachty's backup. He is. And, you know, the backup to Yadi Molina gets about two starts per month, it seems like. So maybe it's the easiest job in the major leagues. But, um, you know, the Cardinals liked Francisco Pena because of the familiarity he's going to bring to the position. Right. I mean, he already knows many of these pitchers. He caught them last year. He's a guy who is content being Yadi's backup. And, you know, you, you kind of say that with a smirk, but it's it's a really hard job to sell when you're, you're selling a job yeah. where the player is probably, if Yachty stays healthy, only going to make about 30 starts a year. Francisco Pena embraced that last year, and he expects to do so this year. And as a bonus for the Cardinals, by signing him to a minor league deal right now, they don't have to use up a space on the 40-man roster, which is full, to add him. So he'll come into spring training. As of right now, he'd be the favorite to win that job as the backup. All right. So, Jen, the last thing I wanted to talk about was just kind of like overarching because I just talked to Mark Sheldon, who covers the Reds for us. Obviously, the Reds uh, made some huge, huge moves acquiring Puig, Kemp, Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, Alex Wood, and Kyle Farmer from the Dodgers for Homer Bailey and some prospects. So, I mean, the Reds are like, hey, don't forget about us. The Pirates are over here making moves as well. The Cubs, I mean, the Cubs could be in on Bryce Harper. Um, and then obviously the Brewers bring, basically bringing back um, what they have. And, and we've talked about this a little bit, but it's the most interesting to me because I think this division could be the most competitive in the league. I agree, Danny. And I think it's because it's the one division in baseball that doesn't have a rebuilding team, a team that has basically gone out and said, you know, we're, we're going to. Yeah set ourselves back for a little bit to get better for the long term. I mean, for a while, that team was the Cincinnati Reds. But as you noted, this is a team in Cincinnati that is committed to getting better. It has a new manager, David Bell, who we in St. Louis yeah. know very well from his time on the coaching staff. Um, it's a team that's, you know, for years has had a really good lineup if they could just get some pitching around it. So it'll be interesting to me to see how they kind of supplement that moving forward. But the Pirates, they got better at the trade deadline last year, you know, a deal with Chris for Chris Archer. You know, some 
right. to be back. So yeah, they're, they're a team. That rotation is dangerous. It's very dangerous. And they always seem to have a pipeline of young players coming up, um, you know, one or two who might surprise you. And then, of course, the Cubs and the Brewers, two teams that finished ahead of the Cardinals last season. It's interesting, Dan, that those two teams haven't really made any bold moves yet this offseason. But of course, yeah. we still have much more time for that. To- <laughs> I agree. I think it's going to be a thrilling division to watch and, you know, a division for, you know, whoever can come out ahead. It's really going to be a battle. And it's going to kind of be like a boxing match, I think, throughout the year to see who comes out ahead. Yeah, I mean, and just like I said, with with what the Reds did, and you mentioned, I mean, I just think they're they're here to play. So they're not they're not going to be the team you can count those automatic wins wins on anymore. I think they're going to give everyone kind of a run for their money. It's going to be good. And I think it was last year that the Cardinals won like nine straight against the Reds at one point. I don't, yeah, I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. No, no, but it's I like it. I, I like that that it's it's being shaken up, and you got to earn those. Every win now. So I, I'm excited about that. And I mean, Jen, what do we have? I think I saw a countdown to spring training was like 34 days, something like that. That sounds about right. You know, as I look out the window and I see the frost <laughs> and the ice, like it can't come soon enough. So yeah, we're getting, we're getting close. It's in some ways it doesn't feel like it because there's still a lot to be determined as far yeah. as some big free agents out there on the market. But I think we're going to see a lot of movement here soon. And before we know it, we'll be in the Florida sunshine. That's right. That's right. All right, Jen. Well, I'm so glad we got to chat and catch up after this new year. And we're basically, we're rocking and rolling full steam ahead now. So thank you for chatting with me today. Yeah, I look forward to our weekly chats from here on out. Happy New Year. That's right. Podcasts are back. Happy New Year to everybody. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Danny Wexelman with Jen Langosh. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.